testify of his goodness in Jesus' name. He will testify of his touch in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Verse 28. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. Luke 1 28. Yeah, then shout hallelujah. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Amen? And I believe it's been shown on the screen. It's just one verse I'm going to read. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. I read. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Amen. This morning, the topic we are going to be discussing very briefly is rejoice. Amen. Tell somebody rejoice. Amen. As if you mean it, say rejoice. rejoice. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came unto Mary the sixth month after he, the angel had visited Elizabeth. And he came with a message, a very special message to Mary. In verse 27, the Bible clearly says that she was a virgin espoused to a man named Joseph of the house of Mary, I mean of the house of David. And he said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. And I want to speak to someone here today, the Lord is with thee. And your life will manifest his presence in Jesus' name. Now, there's a lot that we can bring out of that verse. But we're going to be looking today at just one word there. And that is the word hail. What word? Now, hail could be a word that is just spoken to gain the attention of somebody. But the word translated hail in that passage, we are told by Bible scholars, that is the Greek word kairos. And that word actually means rejoice or be glad. In other words, the angel came unto Mary and said, Rejoice, thou that art highly favored. Be glad, thou that art highly favored. How many people in the house today are highly favored? If you know you are highly favored, my word to you then is to do what? Rejoice. My word to you today is to do what? Be glad. Because you are the favored of the Lord. And that favor will manifest in your situation in Jesus' name. Amen. This is in line with the promise that was made to the people of God in the book of Isaiah chapter 35. In Isaiah chapter 35, we are going to be laying, I mean, spending a lot of time in that passage this morning. Isaiah 35 from verse 1. Isaiah 35 from verse 1. The Bible says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, 
They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. They shall see the glory of the Lord. I remember the theme of our prayer retreat this, this, this weekend is my glory must shine. When your glory comes forth, the Bible says they shall see the glory of the Lord in your situation. When you look at that Isaiah 35, we're going to be looking at the whole verses in it, verses 1 to 10. But as we look at it, there are some things I want to point out. And the first thing is that the Bible says, the wilderness, the desert, and the solitary place shall be glad and rejoice. With singing, because they shall see the glory and the excellency of our God. No wonder in the book of Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 3. The Bible says, God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. The earth was full of his praise. Brethren, his glory is being manifested in places that are unexpected. The Bible says, the wilderness, the desert, the solitary place, the place where there is no fellowship, the place where it looks like you are alone. The place where it looks like nobody cares about you. The Bible says the glory of the Lord shall be manifested. That is one singular important reason for you to rejoice. Tell somebody rejoice. Because the glory will be manifested in your life in Jesus' name. And the Bible tells us, makes us understand that Christ has brought light into darkness. And restored hope to the lost. In Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, from verse 12 to verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 to verse 17. The Bible makes us to understand the reaction of Jesus when he heard that John the Baptist had been cast into the prison. Verse 13 says, He came to Capernaum, which is by the sea coast, that the word of God by prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Verse 15. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And look at verse 16 and 17. Those are the very important points. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. To them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Brethren, Christ is come this season to give us light. Christ is come this season to shine his light upon us. And you will experience that light in Jesus' name. The Bible says, Rejoice, because His light is come and is come for you. Because whatsoever be your experience in the wilderness, we know the wilderness is a place of lack. We know the wilderness is a place of forgetfulness. We know the wilderness is a place whereby it looks like everyone has forgotten about you. And you know, this, unfortunately, Christmas time in our part of the world is a time where some people feel very lonely. True or false? Because everywhere you turn, you hear some Christmas song or the other. Everywhere you look, you see people talking about giving gifts on this and that. But there are some individuals that are chronically neglected. There are some individuals that, I mean... They, they, they can't think of any friend or relative that will reach out unto them. But God is still God. 
And if you're in that situation today, the Lord is saying unto you, rejoice. The Lord is saying, do what? Because whatever wilderness or desert you find yourself, the glory of the Lord will shine through. I say the glory of the Lord will shine through. No wonder the Bible makes us to understand that the host of heaven rejoiced when the angel brought a good tidings to the shepherds in the wilderness that Jesus Christ had been born. In Luke chapter 2, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, verses 10 and 11, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. When the angel appeared to these shepherds, their first instinct, their first reaction was that they were afraid. But that was their own reaction. Whatever could be your own reaction this season, the Lord is saying unto you, fear not. Somebody is not answering me. I said, the Lord is saying unto you, fear not. Because the angel that came to the shepherds brought a good news. He said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's the essence of this season. That's where you hear it every now and then. People telling you, remember, Jesus is what? The reason for the season. It's not any of the things that we might think about. It's not the decoration. It's not the clause. It's not even the gifts. There was a primary gift. And that primary gift is who? It's Jesus. Without the gift of Jesus, there are no other gifts. In fact, without the gift of Jesus, other gifts are useless. The Bible says, once the angel brought that message, suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. That is the essence of the season. There is a message of peace to all men. And brethren, that peace is found in only one person. Now, who is that? It's Jesus. It's not found in any politician. No matter how much they try, no matter how they want us to believe, peace on earth is in Christ Jesus. And that is why if you have Jesus this morning, the Lord is saying unto you, rejoice. Tell somebody if you have Jesus. Rejoice. In other words, if you don't have Jesus, you are still at the mercy of the world. And there is still a step before you can rejoice like others that have Jesus. So rejoice because the Bible makes us to understand that the weak are strengthened and the feeble knees are confirmed. Isaiah 35 verse 3. He says, strengthen ye the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. So Christ has come to strengthen the weak. Christ has come that the feeble knees might be confirmed. Christ has come to make you to stand. Where it looks like you are going to fall. Where it looks like there is no way forward. The Lord is saying this morning, rejoice. Why it looks like the heaven will fall, the Lord is saying what? Why it looks like you have failed that exam, the Lord is saying what? 
Because you are here today, the result will surprise you. Amen. I said the result will surprise you. Amen. Why it looks like all is lost and there is no hope. This morning the Lord is saying what? Rejoice. Rejoice. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. The word of the Lord came unto Joshua. And said be strong and what? And of a good courage. If you have Jesus, all you have to do this season, whatever your experience, whatever your distractions, whatever your weakness, whatever makes you unable to stand, is take heed to the word of the Lord that says, well, be strong and of a good courage. In other words, be strong and take courage. Because the Lord is for you. Because the Lord is with you. Brethren, our God is a God that, that he masters, he specializes in dealing with impossible situations. And brethren, what other situation is as impossible as what Mary did? Or as what the Lord did through Mary? That's why we're celebrating Christmas. Bringing forth a child through a virgin. Bringing forth a child because of the move of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, if God could do it for Mary in her time, he would do it for you. I say he would do it for you. It only takes the move of the Holy Spirit. Rejoice because to the fearful there is an assurance. Fear not. Your Lord will come and do what? And save you. In that Isaiah 35 verse 4, the Bible says, Say to them that of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Tell somebody, be strong and fear not. As if you mean it, say, be strong and fear not. He said, behold, your God will come with vengeance. See, that's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine. Says who? Says the Lord of hosts. If you allow him to fight for you, the Bible says he will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come and do war and save you. Tell somebody, he is coming to save me. In fact, is he still coming? Has he not come? Say, he has come to save me. And you will experience that salvation in Jesus' name. Because Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. It says, She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. What, what, will, what, is, what will he be called? Jesus. As if you know that name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. That is why he came. He came to save. And brethren, sin has repercussions. So he has, he has come to save you. And all, I mean, from sin and all its consequences. So you have to rejoice. Because it is the end of hopelessness. Amen. Tell somebody hopelessness is over. Because Jesus has come. So you don't carry on in life like someone that has got no hope. He has come to give you hope. 
That's why his name is Jesus. Brethren, that's why in many difficult situations, and I'm sure some of us have found ourselves in that situation, all you need to do is do what? Call which name? Call the name and right there and then, he will avail for you. Why? Because that name was given to him because he came to save. He came to save you. He came to save me. That is why he was called Jesus. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. The tongue of the dumb shall sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out, and the streams in the desert. In other words, brethren, the Lord is saying to someone here today, Rejoice, because our God is bringing healing to the blind. Our God is bringing healing to the deaf. He is bringing healing to the lame. And he's bringing healing to the dumb. But all you have to do is what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice because Christ has come to do an impossible work of restoration. To do what? The word impossible there is very important. He has come to do an impossible work of restoration. He has, come, he has come to do for you that which men say is not possible. That's why there is an emphasis there. The waters shall break out in the desert. And streams shall flow. Brethren, if you know what a desert is, the Bible is saying that, I mean, in the desert there shall be streams, there shall be rivers. When you go to Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43 verse 19, Isaiah 43 verse 19, that's the word the Lord gave us at the beginning of this year. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. He said, Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? In other words, God is saying that what he will do will not be hidden. That when he has completed what he is doing, all eyes shall see. Amen. And that's why he says, shall ye not know it? It's not a hidden victory. It's not something that I say, ah, let us hide it. No, there's a place for hiding, there's a place for revelation. Is that not so? The example we normally give, when a woman gets pregnant, the first month, the only person that knows she's pregnant that's if she if she is that careful, is the woman herself. Some women are three months pregnant, they don't realize it. And you don't need to go about saying, Look at me, I'm pregnant. If I come to you and say, Look at me, I'm pregnant, uh, you will say, Yes, you are spiritually pregnant. <laughs> but by the sixth month, or maybe I don't know what month, somewhere along the line, it becomes obvious. That's what the Lord is saying. He said, I will do a new thing. Shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
It's not talking of one river in the desert. It's talking of rivers. And the Lord has not said, I will make two rivers. He just said rivers. In other words, the rivers he wants to establish in that desert situation in your life can only be limited by you. If you are with him, he will complete that work of restoration. And that work will be completed in your life in Jesus' name. I said the work will be completed in your life in Jesus' name. Verse 20 says, The beast of the field shall honor me. The dragons and the owls. Is it because I give waters in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to what? To my people, my chosen. Who is God talking to there? If you are among the people of God, if you are among the chosen of God, God is saying, I will do the impossible to satisfy you. It's not what others expect. It's what I have made up my mind to do for you. So why won't you rejoice? Why won't you do what? Say rejoice. He's ready, he's prepared to do the impossible for you. He has done the groundwork. And the groundwork was completed on the cross of Calvary. And that's why the last word that Jesus Christ said on the cross is what? It is finished. I've won the victory for you. It's time for you to rejoice. It does not matter the weight of that problem. In fact, the more impossible it looks, the easier it is for God to intervene. Is that not so? The more impossible it looks. And that's why God said, I will give you rivers in the desert. But he clearly said, it's because I want to give drink to my people, my chosen. I want to satisfy my own people. Then he said in verse 21, These people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my word, my praise. So the more you go about complaining, the more you go about murmuring, you are negating the purpose for which God has formed you. When you complain, when you murmur, you are giving the, the glory to who? To Satan. But when you make up your mind that whatever my circumstances, whatever my situation, I will rejoice. Whatever the situation, I will praise my God. Because that is the reason for which he has formed me. As you begin to re rejoice, you begin to see his hands. Amen. Somebody here will see his hands at work in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells me in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. We are saying we should rejoice because he has come to do an impossible work of restoration. Joel 2.23. He says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rains moderately. He will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain and what? The later rain. See, that's why that song we were singing at the beginning, the song, the choir song. It says, something, you will rise again. Can you, what are the wordings? Where it says you will rise again. Uh-huh. Lift up your eyes to him. You will, do, you will do what? You will add, in other words, you have experienced the former rain. But now it's time for you to experience what? The later rain. There is more for you. 
I said there's more for you. God is saying whatever you have lost is more compared to what I'm going to give to you. I will give you the latter rain in the first month. Somebody might be asking, what does it mean, latter rain, latter rain? Look at verse 24. He said, the floors shall be full of wheat. The fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Isn't that wonderful? I will restore the years that the locusts had eaten. The cankerworm, the caterpillar, the paramount, my great army. Now look at verse 26. Because some people, their floors might be full of wheat. The fat might overflow with wine and oil. But they will not eat out of it. But that will not be your portion. That's why verse 26 is very important. He said, you shall eat in plenty and what? That's what the God is talking to me. It now says, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. Somebody where has a testimony. A testimony of God dealing with you wondrously. And look at the part that I love the most. And my people shall never be ashamed. Tell somebody, I shall never be ashamed. As if you may say, I shall never be ashamed. Now tell your neighbor, you shall never be ashamed. See, because God wants to prove that he is your God. Look at verse 27. He said, you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And that I am what? The Lord your God. Isn't that wonderful? God wants to prove to others that he is the Lord your God. I know he says you should do what? Rejoice. Tell somebody rejoice. That's why he said, shall ye not know it? Shall ye not see it? The longer it has taken for God to perfect that testimony, the more glorious it is to him when it begins to be, when it's revealed in you. That is what the Lord is saying. Finally, brethren, rejoice because he has come to take away all sorrow and sign. In that Isaiah 35 verse 10, the Bible says, The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sign shall do what? It shall flee away. It's not even you driving it away. By itself, it shall do what? It shall flee away because Christ has come. Because you have decided that by yourself, you are going to be an instrument of what? Of rejoicing. Because you have told the devil, no matter what you do, I will do what? I will rejoice. When he sees that you have made up your mind to rejoice, to praise, to worship God at all times, he can clearly see that for him, you are a lost case. And I'm speaking to someone's life here today. For the devil, you are a lost case. You know what that means? Whatever he tries, he has failed. I say he has failed. So as we go ahead into the year 2019, it's a season of rejoicing because God has not left us hopeless. That is why he sent Jesus. That is why he said unto Mary, hey, 
hail, rejoice, be glad. What you are about to do is the beginning of something glorious. A glorious future for mankind. A glorious future for your household. A glorious future for your family. A glorious future for you that cannot be hidden. And so the Lord is saying, do what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are what? Pleasures forevermore. In other words, you want to rejoice? You must dwell where? In his presence. You must dwell in his presence. Whatever will take you away from his presence, you must make sure that is not allowed in, in your tabernacle. Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Do what? Rejoice. Tell somebody rejoice in the Lord. In other words, you are not being told to rejoice in iniquity. It's not when you have committed this, I mean, when you have sinned against God, you say, well, uh, I mean, God is in my heart. Are you beginning to sing? <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. But, I mean, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I do what? As a song we used to sing some time ago. Yes. And again, I say rejoice. How many of us know that song? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again. We are going to sing that song with parts. So one segment of the church will just be saying what? Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say re rejoice, rejoice. And again I say, then the other segment will say, Rejoice in the Lord. Oh. Are we ready? Brethren, this is a season of rejoicing. Whatever wants to taint your rejoicing will be destroyed in this house today. Amen. Everything that says you are not going to celebrate in the new year, God will destroy in this house today. Amen. We are going to rejoice. We are going to celebrate. Are we ready? Yes. So how, do we, how are the parts going to be? So, you are okay, this segment you are going to be singing Rejoice in the Lord always And again I say re Right? Rejoice in the Lord always <laughs> Wait, wait, we are, we are distributing the parts <laughs> Then this segment will be saying Rejoice, rejoice And again I say rejoice Rejoice, rejoice Then in the middle here The sisters will be singing Rejoice in the Lord always and the brothers will be singing what? Brother, you see the way you are looking at me. <laughs> I want to hear your voice. So the brothers will be singing, Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. 
Amen. Are we ready? Let's rise on our feet. We are rounding up there. But we have to rejoice in His presence. Because the word He has given to us today is to do what? Rejoice. Amen. Let's go ahead. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 